The Dr. Taz Show. The podcast, Dr. Taz. Superwoman Wellness. Here's Dr. Taz. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Superwoman Wellness, where you know that I am determined to bring you back to your superpowered self. This episode is special. We have Tina Gilbertson with us. She's a psychotherapist and author of Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child. Her work has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Glamour, Real Simple, and Redbook. In 2019, Tina co-founded the ReconnectionClub.com, offering education, community, and support to help estranged parents repair their relationships with their adult children. Originally from Vancouver, BC in Canada, she now lives in Denver. Welcome to the show, Tina. I'm so thrilled to have you on. Thank you, Dr. Taz. It's a pleasure to be here. This is a very important topic, and it's important for different reasons, because the relationship between parents and their children is a complicated one. It's one that none of us can ever escape. It runs through our DNA. And, you know, without oversharing or going into too much detail, because I don't want the show to be about me, but, um, you know, have had multiple issues with my parents over the years where, you know, we became estranged and everything's fine now. A lot of that is ancient history, but uh, due to cultural differences and expectations and things like that, found myself very alone in many parts of my journey. So I think this is such an important issue because obviously I don't want to repeat that in my family and with my children. And we want to make sure everyone's healing appropriately. So what inspired you to write this book? I'm, you know, curious about that. Well, as a therapist, I discovered pretty quickly in my career that there was clearly a need for education and support. When, when adult children cut themselves off from their parents, I was seeing those adult children in therapy. And they were telling me all the reasons why they couldn't deal with their parents. And I, I sat there thinking and sometimes would ask, you know, do your parents know this? Do they understand what the issues are? And sometimes, you know, the adult child would say, well, I've tried. They don't seem to get it. Or they would say, I can't, I can't talk to them in that way. They, they wouldn't get it. And so it became very clear that parents needed some help to, to learn how to make repairs that are needed when an adult child steps away. Because the adult children, I think, are more likely to go to therapy. Ask any therapist. They have adult children on, on their caseloads who have trouble with their parents. But parents are a little bit more shy about, about talking about this in therapy because of the stigma uh, that this idea of only bad parents have children who reject them. So that's a pretty... Is it always the children that reject the parents or do the parents sometimes reject the children and the children it's, are left dealing with that? Sometimes the parents reject the children and that's pretty heartbreaking, I think, especially when the child doesn't understand or doesn't have any idea why. There's no addiction in the picture. It's just maybe the parent, for whatever reason, doesn't, doesn't want to have the child in their lives. And that's very sad. That is not the situation that I see. The, the parents I work with are really desperate to, to reconnect with these children. And, and, and in order to do that, they need to understand and help the children heal and themselves heal whatever dynamics in the relationship have, have been hurtful. 
to the. So when does a relationship become estranged? Like how would you define estranged versus going through a rough patch or a spell of not speaking to each other or something like that? What, what are the differences there? Yeah, what, it's, is, what is the importance of those differences? Well, it can be pretty squidgy, but I think the most important difference I would say between something like the silent treatment and what we would consider estrangement is if, if something happens between you and me and I'm not talking to you because I'm mad at you, the purpose of my silence is punishment. I'm not speaking to you because you did something I don't like and I want you to know it. And there is sort of an agreement between us in some sense that I'm punishing you, but when that's over, then we'll, we'll resume our relationship. That's very different from an estranged relationship which is not motivated by wanting to punish. When an adult child steps away from the relationship and it becomes sort of a, a pattern of distance, not just physical, but emotional distance, punishment doesn't come into it. The parent may feel punished, absolutely may feel punished because it feels very personal and it really, really hurts. But that is not what's in the mind of the adult child. In her perspective, she's protecting herself. Mm -hmm. There's something in the relationship that is, that is, has become intolerable to that child to the point where she really needs to step away, take some breaths and, and get a, get her sense of well-being back. So different from punishing someone by not talking to them. Interesting. I mean, are there situations where it is justified to be estranged from your parents? Well, that is the, uh, expert opinion is that there, that there is such a thing as healthy estrangement. I come from a place where uh, an assumption that if, if parents and children can find a way to be together, both would prefer that. Um, if, if an adult child can't be with parents because they were severely abused and the parents have, there's been no remorse, there's been no apology, and every time the child comes near, they are abused again. Well, you don't want to tell, uh, well, you don't want to tell anyone, you should just participate in that relationship no matter how it makes you feel, even if there isn't severe abuse. But if you, if you ask just about anyone, would you like to be able would you like to have parents who you feel good being around? Of course, the answer in 99% of cases is, yeah, I'd love that, but I don't see how that's going to happen. I don't see how we can get there, and so I remain estranged. So what are the most common reasons that somebody will become estranged from their parents? And is it, and I'm curious, you know, the show is Superwoman Wellness, but I'm curious in your experience, is this a female issue more so than a male issue or is it gender neutral? What do you think? It's hard to tell because most people who participate in research tend to be female, just like most people who participate right. in therapy. Right. Or so they do. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. they do tend to participate yeah. more, but there's uh, every reason to believe that uh, fathers are very much involved and sons are very much involved. We just know less about their experiences when they are estranged because they're not talking as much mm. as mothers and daughters. Uh, but your question was before that, before the gender question. My question was, you know, what are the most common reasons that children and parents uh, become estranged? I can tell you again, our story was more, was more culturally based, right? Like, you know, cultural expectations and 
probably religious expectations that having been raised in this country, I wasn't going to be subjected to and sort of the abuse that came verbal abuse, not physical, but like the verbal and the emotional abuse that came as a result of me saying or being a certain way, you know, was something I didn't want to be around. And so, you know, at times that they would step away from me, you know, and I would step away from them. So it was sort of this battle, you know, until I was really self-sufficient and, and, and I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that we all went into counseling and healed the relationship magically. I don't think anything that I just grew up, like I grew up, I had a life, I didn't need anything. I had supportive friends and, you know, a, an amazing husband. I healed in a different way separately from them to where I could be around them and still be very compassionate and kind and not judgmental. But that took a lot of maturity and a decade of work. And I don't want everybody else to have to go through that. So, you know, so again, but what are other reasons that people will become estranged from their parents? I do want to underline that one, because that is something I see not infrequently is that the child grows up bicultural. The parents are from the old country. They have different values, different expectations. So that's a biggie. Uh, when, Especially when the communication about those differences doesn't go smoothly. There's no uh, model in place for how do we, how do we coexist with these differences? And how do we let some of our expectations go? in the face of this other person's needs. So differing uh, cultural expectations, other expectations, values is, is, a, is one. Um, just sort of resentments from childhood. Maybe there was a perception of favoritism, of a sibling, those kinds of things. Financial disputes, where there's often, of course, stuff underlying a financial dispute. It's usually about more than money, but that is, that is what would be talked about. Um, third parties are often brought up as uh, problematic. The parent doesn't like the spouse of their child or vice versa. The child doesn't like the new spouse of the parent. Third parties kind of throw a wrench into the works. But I think as far as the, as far as the motivations of the adult children are concerned, what it seems to come down to when you get right down to it, no matter what the surface reason is, is a, a feeling of not being loved and supported, which is pretty heartbreaking for parents to hear when they hear that. My child doesn't feel loved. Here's me with all this love for my child, and he doesn't feel loved or supported by me. Mm -hmm. So there's a total, there's a disconnect there. And Why we, does that disconnect happen? Is it poor communication? Is it what, like what's happening there when children say they don't feel loved and supported? It can um, certainly be poor communication. The parent doesn't know how to express those things in a way that the child can hear. It can be generational. The, you know, the, the younger generations are have different expectations and needs from their parents than maybe. Uh, people of my generation did. So you were supposed to, when I was growing up, you were supposed to know that you were loved. Uh, you know, your parents didn't have to tell you, they didn't have to hug you, you were just supposed to know that you were loved. Right. And that's less true nowadays. Right. I think that's so hard, though, as parents, you know, because, you know, as a parent, how do you 
either get the education or get your finger on the pulse of what the next generation is seeking and how to communicate with that generation. I've noticed it even, you know, here at home, I have a 12 year old and an 11 year old and their world is so different. You know, it's like social media is their language and their love language almost to a certain extent and trying to communicate with them about different issues is interesting to observe like concepts of respect and attention and, uh, you know, even equality. I mean, all these things, like they're tackling them at such a young age, things I didn't even know about, like until I was probably in college, you know, and, and they already know this stuff. So in some ways it's fascinating because we have some really great intellectual conversations, but sometimes it's really scary that they know the stuff that they know. Uh, and then they're like, they'll say to me, that's so old fashioned, mom. I mean, I can't believe you still believe that or think that, or nobody does that anymore. So, you know, what, one thing that I do think that's happened is that, yes, we had the generation parents were up here, children were down here. You speak when spoken to, children didn't have a lot of say, you know, and then I feel like we've come now to where like, all I see a lot of parents trying to be friends with their children or trying to come down to their level. And I don't think that's the answer either, but what is the middle ground where we don't have a, you know, like a fractious relationship sort of, so to speak with our children, but we are still the adults and they are still the children and we navigate that terrain appropriately. You know, I feel like that's really hard and it's hard for parents. Like how do they know when, when they're doing a good job and when they're not doing a great job and how, what are barometers they can use to check up on themselves? You know, what would you advise them? That's a great question. It is very confusing and very difficult for parents to recognize that there are these generational differences and yet also that they are still the parent and not a peer. They're not their child's buddy. So I, I think one thing you can do, I don't think it's everything, but if you want to keep a finger on the pulse of you know, what is this next generation thinking? You can do that. You can educate yourself to some degree, but that's not going to tell you what your children need as individuals. So I think that listening to your children, learning how to show them an appropriate amount of respect, you, can, you are the adult, you are the authority, you are the senior adult in the room whose word is is final, but that doesn't mean you can't show respect to your children as human beings, right? You, as a parent, you're allowed to make them do things and take them here and take them there, even if they don't want to go. But the way you do that conveys to your children, I see you, you're a human being. It's not, I'm, I'm going here and I need you to come with me. Come on. I mean, sometimes, sometimes, you know, that you're not good. That's, it happens because life is life. But overall, in general, you, you want to always try to remember that even though you are in charge and you need to be in charge and you can't always do what they want you to do and you shouldn't always do what they want because they do need to know that someone else is in charge. Otherwise, that scares them. Right. And they start to behave badly and act out and stuff like that. They need you to be in charge. But being in charge doesn't... There's the difference between authoritarian and authoritative. Authoritarian is, it's my way or the highway. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't want to hear about your feelings. You know the rules. Here's how we do it. Authoritative is, 
here's what we need to do. We're doing this now. I'm sorry that doesn't feel good to you. I know. I know this is not something you want to do, and I'm sorry. We are doing it. We are doing it today, but I hear you, you know? So there's a, there's a kindness there. There is, it's sort of like the, I don't want to say iron fist in a velvet glove, but kind of. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. you, you, you hold the boundaries for them so they yeah. know what the rules are, and they will push. They, that's what they do. They always say, right. is this a real thing? Is it a real rule? And when they push, right. you say, yeah, that's a rule. I love that. Do you feel like the number of estranged cases or estranged children versus their parents is going up necessarily? Are you seeing more of it? Is there any data on that? I'm just curious. I don't think we have the answer to that at this point. We have virtually no data from the 20th century. I know that there were references to estrangement in the Bible. We know that it's not new. Um, But until we've been doing research for a little longer, especially on prevalence. I don't think we know that it is going up. What is going up is people talking about it. There was a time when, you know, people didn't talk about uh, drug addiction or Mm -hmm. child abuse, uh, but did that mean that there was less of it in earlier times? Right. No. Not necessarily. When it comes to estranged relationships between adults and children, how much you have an adult, let's say you're an adult child and you have a parent, you know, the parent is probably kind of set in their ways. The parent is probably now older, right? Like 70s, 80s, you know, somewhere in that age range. I hate even saying this because I know everyone's going to roll their eyes, but how much is it our responsibility as children to extend that olive branch to these parents that don't have the capacity or don't have you know, the knowledge of how to communicate, how to reach out, how to, to bridge, you know, a barrier, so to speak, you know, how much is it really our responsibility at the end of the day to rise above all of that and figure out how to navigate that relationship? I think that each person doing her own work in her own yard is what enables reconciliation between people who who may come be coming from very different, like you did a lot of work, you healed, you matured, you, that was a process. Mm-hmm. And where you came to was a place of peace, a place of sufficient forgiveness to just be able to be around right. people who may not have changed. And at the same time, the parents can't rely on that. Maybe their child is not able to do that. Maybe their child is still looking to them to be the parent, to provide those things that only a parent can provide, rightly or wrongly. Maybe the child is still looking for that. And so the parent can do the work that's in her own yard. She may be 70, but different people have different mindsets. You know, the person with a growth mindset may say, you know what, I've been doing something for 70 years that I don't know if that's how I want to do it. Right. So it's, I, don't, I never write people off due to their age. It's always a journey and there's always an opportunity. I love that. You started, um, oh, actually, before I even ask you this, I, I have one more question. You mentioned third parties. And what does somebody do about a third party when it's a spouse, it's a partner, it's somebody else, another sibling sometimes, who is really the, the issue in a relationship going awry? What I uh, 
what I let's let's focus on the spouse of of the adult child because I hear from parents all the time my son-in-law is the problem my daughter-in-law mm-hmm. is the problem my kid is and I are fine but the right. the spouse is the problem so the first thing you want to do is really make sure that it is the spouse who is the problem sometimes the spouse appears to be the problem because the spouse is acting as a mouthpiece for the adult child who does not want to confront her parents. You know, she's always been good and, and helpful and close and, and doesn't, but, but really feels maybe the need for a little bit more distance and allows her, her spouse to be the one who says, yeah, we're not available. We don't, we're not going to do that or whatever so that she doesn't have to. So, and, and also sometimes if the spouse seems hostile toward the parents, you got to think, well, what, what have the conversations be- been between the child and their spouse? What have they conveyed to the spouse about life at home growing up or whatever? You, you know? So never assume that your child is completely out of it and it is entirely the spouse who's causing the problem. You've got to right. ask yourself, how is, how is my child allowing this or how is my child how, how come my child hasn't called up and said gosh i'm so sorry about about this i don't know what to do about it it's it's really tough and sometimes um the spouse doesn't even appear to be the problem but still gets blamed because there's no way my child my child only started this behavior when they right. married and right. so it must be the spouse so you have to be right. careful with blaming the spouse but sometimes a spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend may, in fact, be a bit of a pill, maybe a problem. And in those cases, I don't have any tricks for dealing that. I would assume that person is always going to be around, even if they're, they're just dating. I would assume that you are stuck with them permanently. And what I like to say is find, be, get on their good side, even if they don't have one. You know, find a way to be the bigger person because you've got to get along with that person if you want to have a harmonious relationship with your child and you know if grandchildren come along that's you're going to need a good relationship so you know hopefully you have the skills if the spouse is is um surly and doesn't have the relationship skills to to try to build with you or the sense to try to be try to get along with his or her in-laws then you need to be the bigger person. Don't, don't sink to the level of that kind of mudslinging back and forth. I love that. I think that's so important. I think it's very easy to blame a third party when a relationship get, goes off track. So I'm curious, this, these, this question has two parts because again, having seen and sat with so many people in my exam rooms or when I speak, it's interesting. I'm always fascinated by the connection between our emotional makeup and what's happening underneath the surface and what the numbers say and what the chemistry is and all that other stuff. And time and time again, we find such a great big connection there. And there's even technology today that will map that, like this is your emotional makeup and this is how it might be connected. And it's nothing new. It's something from the world of Eastern medicine. Chinese medicine did this, Ayurvedic medicine did this, you know, they really connected the two together. One of the things you talk about in your book is the concept of shame and how shame is often involved in these estranged relationships. I can tell you from the vantage point that I have, that shame results in uh, a lot of behavior issues, in a lot of chemistry issues, unhealthy eating patterns, 
difficulty sleeping, chronic anxiety, hormone imbalances, all of that stuff. How are you seeing shame on your end and what role does it play when these relationships, you know, don't, don't kind of play out the way we hope they would? Yeah, shame is definitely toxic. And it is, I think, the biggest hurdle for parents who want to heal their relationship with their child. Because the minute the child steps away, there is this implied criticism. You are not a good enough parent. And that goes so deep, deep into the person. Like, not There's a whole stigma in our culture about being a good parent. That there's a, a lot of, it's very loaded, how good a parent are you? But for many parents, that, that, all, that touches on shame that was already there before they even had children, this kind of injured sense of self, this, this injured self-esteem. And so what they need to do if their child steps away, you know, if you could just surgically excise the shame, what the parent would do is say, hmm, why is my child stepping away? Oh, my child doesn't feel good in my presence because I'm verbally abusive to them. I don't understand verbal abuse because even though I grew up being verbally abused, I did not label it that. But okay, what is verbal abuse? My child says I did that. Oh, let me get some examples. Oh, so when I said this, it felt really, really hurtful to my child and it damaged her sense of well-being. Oh gosh, well that's not good. No wonder she wants to distance herself from that kind of behavior. Okay, well, I probably should should look at that and maybe maybe ease up on that kind of behavior. And by the way, how am I talking to myself on the inside? Maybe I shouldn't do that to me either. So if you didn't have shame, you could do this cognitive process of coming to understand and change some correctable missteps that are not about your worth. They're just about what you learned when you were growing up, how you learned to be in relationships. And, and sometimes it's a very simple fix, but shame is just this, this blanket that keeps people from seeing, being willing or able to see. You know, if the child says, has a, a list of things that, that are hurtful, all the parent hears is, I'm get, I'm, they're hurting me, they're hurting me, they're hurting me. With everything they say, they're hurting me. And so rather than, ooh, information, it's stop being so cruel. So it's a, it's a real block to instituting positive change and healing for both the parent and the child. How do you get around that, though? How do you get around, uh, you've hurt me. Okay, why have you hurt me? Well, here's the information. Wait, that hurts me now. I don't want to hear the information. How do you break that? I think, again, it comes down to people doing their own work, recognizing I'm being hurt by you telling me how you feel. That's a problem. You need to be able to tell me how you feel, and I need to be able to respond appropriately to that, but something in me is getting triggered. So there has to be, a, first of all, an awareness. Wow, I'm carrying a lot of shame. Mm. Wow, I, I'm feeling criticized instead of curious. Mm. Uh, and there may be work to do, a lot of work to do on, you know, my own self-esteem before I can show up in this relationship in a way that I need to. Gotcha. Such an interesting topic. And they just warned me that our time is almost out. But I want you to mention the Reconnection Club that I believe you started. Tell us a little bit about that and how someone can maybe get connected to the Reconnection Club. Uh, I'm sure people would benefit from that. Yeah, the Reconnection Club is my online school 
for parents who are unwillingly estranged from an adult child. And it consists of basically two parts. There are private forums where parents can talk to each other and help each other with creative ideas and inspiration and just kindness and support. And there's also a, a library that's full of resources, courses, workshops, expert interviews, stuff, material for the parent to learn that's all about these various ways that these relationships can go wrong and, and how to heal and, and how to fix those things. So it's a school with a, with a support built into it. And the textbook for the Reconnection Club is my book, Reconnecting with Your Estranged Adult Child. So it all kind of fits in together. And that's at reconnectionclub.com. I love it. So reconnection.com, reconnecting with your adult child. That's the name of the book, correct? Is that all those titles correct? Reconnecting with your estranged adult child. Uh, If people want to connect with you and learn more about this issue and find their way forward, what is the best way for them to find you? My website is my name, tinagilbertson.com. And that's where you can find out about my publications, my personal services, and basically everything I do. Oh my goodness. What an important topic. Thank you for taking some time out today to share your wisdom and expertise with us. I appreciate it so much. And for any of you who are in difficult relationships as someone who has weathered them and gone through them and gone and really on the other side of them with a a fairly united family now, it is worth the work and the effort. There is no peace without healing some of these relationships. So whatever it is that you are struggling with, we're here for you and definitely use Tina and so many of the other great resources out there to heal and to get better. So I don't see it in your chemistry, in your labs. How's that? All right. Thank you, Tina, for joining us today. For everybody else, thank you for watching this episode and listening to this episode of Superwoman Wellness. Remember, if you post a review on Apple Podcast, you get a free bottle of Boost, which is my multivitamin uh, B vitamin that helps with energy, mood, and focus. And as always, please remember to rate and review and share it with your friends. I will see you guys next time.